Today is Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The Israeli war and the end times. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating email if you'd like. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. Joining me to get through the news of the cray, as always, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hollowell on this Tuesday. Gentlemen, how goes it? Doing well, doing well. Lots of lots of news to cover yeah. this week. I think it's gonna be a crazy week. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be. A, I think a heavy and crazy week with everything going on in Israel. It is heavy. We're gonna get into it. A couple of things. Ben Shapiro, who is obviously Jewish, had a very stirring show yesterday talking about this, and we'll get into that. But he had some stirring remarks. We'll play a little bit of it. So we'll have that. Also, uh, Billy, on the main thing, Jeff Kinley breaking down the uh, eschatological implications of all this. Yeah. You know, every time these events happen, right? What, yeah. What's going on? Where does it fit in? So we're going to sit down and talk with him about that. Yeah, it gets you thinking for sure. All right. A lot to get to. So we're going to get started right now with the news in 90 seconds. And some non-Israel news. The Colorado Supreme Court agreed to hear the case against Christian cake baker Jack Phillips, which he is saying is actually a light at the end of the tunnel. This has been more than 11 years he's had to be in court. Back in 2018, he faced a second lawsuit. This was after a 2012 lawsuit, this time from a transgender lawyer who requested a cake celebrating a gender transition. When he declined, he was back in court. Now the Colorado Supreme Court just agreed to hear his case. And Lieutenant Colonel Reserve Jonathan Conricus is speaking from IDF's official X account, said yesterday afternoon that Israel had regained control over southern Israel after several days of horror at the hands of Hamas terrorists. Here's what he said. I can say finally today, now, many hours after Hamas invaded into southern Israel, that Israeli security forces, IDF, police, and the others have re-established control of southern Israel. There's still attempts by Hamas and other terrorists to get across the border and get into Israel and to attack in other locations. But the IDF has regained control over all of the Israeli communities. There are no more active terrorists in any of the communities, but there is fighting along the border. But we are now back in control of the situation. So a good update there from the lieutenant colonel. And meanwhile, President Biden yesterday, after getting criticized for hosting a party, despite all of this going on with music on Sunday night, he then called a lid yesterday before noon, outraging many Americans. You can stay tuned to CBN News for more updates on Israel, especially from our CBN Middle East Bureau Chief, Chris Mitchell, who is in Jerusalem. All right, guys, um, it's just unbelievable what we're seeing unfold and that's a bit of a good news that they have regained some semblance of control there he said they're still trying to attack the border but for a while there it was very dicey as far as who was controlling what if there were still terrorists lurking around inside of these towns in southern israel that are very vulnerable but it sounds like at least according to the lieutenant colonel there that they have things under control at the moment 
Yeah. Well, I think the bigger piece too now is these, you know, hundred people, we don't know an exact number on the people who are being held. You know, where does that go next? Yeah. You know, there, there are all sorts of threats surrounding those people. And, you know, I, in my mind, I keep thinking what other countries are going to try to get involved in this. That's the thing that gives me concern. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's always the issue whenever you're looking at anything in the Middle East, but especially when it has to do with Israel, is everybody wants to get their hand in this. Unfortunately, there are so many countries in the surrounding area of Israel uh, and that you know that sees Israel as the number one target, and and then America is kind of by proxy a target as well. So, what what role are we going to play? And then uh, what allies or enemies of us, and then enemies of Israel are going to want to get involved too? So it just seems like it's anytime there's a conflict in Israel, it's just lighting a match. And how far can this wildfire potentially grow? Yeah, and we're starting to see a pattern here. You know, I mentioned President Biden, and he has been getting criticized for the outward image he's kind of putting out here with with not saying much so far other than releasing a statement which was a good statement but i think people want to see around the globe not just americans when there is something as outrageous as this as something as evil as this they're looking for america's leader republican or democrat to speak out for the cause of freedom for the cause of justice, for the cause of good. That's always kind of been on the Americans' shoulder to lead the charge on that and lead the way on that. And for him to remain silent this long, as long as he has, has just been, it's very surprising and disappointing to a lot of people because this is a chance to lead. And he's choosing to stay sort of quiet on the situation. Someone, uh, guys, who has not been quiet on this is Ben Shapiro. And for our focus story today, I wanted to take a look at a couple of comments that Ben Shapiro made, very stirring comments at the top of his show yesterday. Ben Shapiro, obviously Jewish, and he was actually on Shabbat over the weekend when this was all going down, so he didn't have an immediate statement over the weekend because he was offline um, off all media. And so he saved it for his show today. And it was very stirring stuff. And I want to play just a bit of that here first, and then we'll respond. I am a Jew. Those have been the words of the Jewish people for three millennia. Those were the words of the men, women, and children of Masada. Those were the words of Jews in Auschwitz and Treblinka. Those were the last words of Daniel Pearl. And those are my words too. Over the weekend, my people, the Jewish people, were attacked. They're murdered, mutilated. Our women were raped. Our children were kidnapped. This has happened millions of times before to millions of Jews across history. Jew hatred exists because evil exists, because there are people who have, for literally all of human history, hated the Jews and sought to strike at them from Pharaoh to Haman, from Hitler to Hamas. The chain of Jew hatred is unbroken. There are those who say that the Israeli-Arab conflict is a cycle of violence. Only the morally blind, obtuse, could ever say such a thing. Today, I'm going to show you videos, and the videos I'm going to show you are going to be ingrained on the inside of your eyelids for the rest of your life, because this is what evil looks like. So look, because this is what moral equivalence brings. The rape of women, the kidnapping of children, the murder of hundreds of innocents, including full families. Look, for decades, we've been told that if you look evil 
in its face that was somehow unsophisticated. That to pretend evil away was an act of intellectual virtue, that to cater to evil, to concede to evil, was the pathway toward a better, more peaceful world. It was a damned lie. Look. There are those out there who are proclaiming the complexity of it all. Those people are fools. They are fools, and what is worse, they are enablers of evil. They are fellow travelers. They are justifiers of the worst human rights violators on the planet. People who target civilians and hide behind them. Today, I'm going to let evil show you its face. Do not turn away. Look. So there you have it from Ben Shapiro. And guys, that was, I mean, it moved me to hear him. He clearly was emotional in this. And to hear him talk about, you know, I am a Jew. And that this is sort of the rally cry for Jewish people throughout modern history. And even be, and even before that. And so it was it was very moving. Yeah, it was. I think the part that really stuck out to me is, you know, we will no longer relent. We're going to stay in our biblical homeland. This is where we're going to be. We're not going to sit back while people attack and kill and pillage and, and murder us. I think, you know, with that historical sort of context that he gave, it was really um, powerful. And I think we need to see more of this people stepping up, you know, obviously in, in this case, he's somebody who has a massive platform and, you know, he's, he does a great job every time he's speaking, but this really, you could tell that this was a very personal, emotional event for him. Yeah. I think something that I really appreciated him highlighting was the importance. And he, he just kept like hammering this point home is the importance of looking evil in the face and seeing what it actually is, because I think there are two things going on. We have one, it obviously is, is sensitive stuff. It's something you don't, we don't really want to look at. We don't really want to engage and, and take in because it's hard to watch, but it's important to see so that we know what's happening. But then two, I think on the other side of that coin, we have a media that is going to do the best they can to manipulate the truth and manipulate what's actually happening. And I'm not saying that these are not complicated things, that there are, are, are not issues on both sides anytime there's a war or or, you know whatever there's obviously carnage and heartbreak all around right you can't just say it's 100% black and white one one way and 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 the other uh, or the other so yeah I think it's important to to look at the nuance of all that but at the same time uh, the Jewish people have had a target on their back biblically from day one right this is something as Christians we know uh, that this has been a steady drumbeat of humanity the Jewish people are God's chosen people Israel is a holy land Uh, so we know as believers they're always going to have a target on their back and that's a, a bit of the story a major part of the story that the media doesn't recognize so I think when Ben is talking about looking at evil in its face and seeing black and white what's actually happening there's some validity to that. We need to be doing that. And for, for so long, I think the West has been kind of hiding, uh, hiding behind, you know, political opinions and whatever, and not actually looking at what's happening yeah. Uh, on the ground. Yeah. And making an honest assessment of it. And I don't know yeah. how you can look and I would encourage everybody. I will put the link to Ben Shapiro's show from yesterday in the description of this podcast with a warning. It is extremely graphic. He shows some clips uh, precisely for the reason you stated, Trey, that he wants you to look evil in the eye. And I agree, as hard as it is to watch, as disgusting as it is to watch and to see other image bearers of um, a holy God who created them, harming them in this way, it's, I mean, you're talking desecrating dead bodies, people who are already dead, they've already killed them and they're desecrating these bodies. Um, people who are struggling to live, 
and they're trying to decapitate them with garden um, tools. It's unbelievable to even see that this is happening. It's just to civilians. These are not any. These are people who are just going about their day in southern Israel, and then all of a sudden they were faced with these just demonic, evil, wicked people. And as Ben said, you don't even call them monsters because monsters aren't a real thing. These are people, and they are evil, and they are wicked, and there is no talking to them. There is no negotiating with this. And when you see these videos, now mind you, these aren't propaganda videos that Israel's putting out. This is These are videos that Hamas... They filmed this destruction themselves. They are proud of this. And the one video, guys, that's sticking with me is a young woman who found out her mother, her grandmother had been murdered by these terrorists but because the terrorists took the woman's, the old lady's phone and, and went on Facebook and went Facebook Live and murdered this grandmother on Facebook Live. And the family members saw it because they saw it go live. And this is a sort of evil you're dealing with. And, you know, that's not even mentioning yet the children and they, they indiscriminately killed children and women. I mean, it's, it's just evil and you have to look it in the eye because otherwise you'll end up with ridiculous opinions like you were mentioning, some of them that are out there and trying to spin this and say, well, but there, there is no but in this. I, it doesn't matter what anyone does to you pretty much. You, you cannot act like this. Yeah. There, there's something else I don't even want to bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up because there's a pattern here of behavior around the world that we're watching. And this pattern of behavior is demonically oppressed, possessed, evil, whatever you want to call it, people and groups that are not afraid. They're no longer afraid to behave. And we've always had this throughout human history, but we've seen now, you look at Ukraine and Russia, you look at Nagorno-Karabakh and Azerbaijan, you look at, and Armenia, you look at this now, you look at our pullout from Afghanistan, we have a Mm -hmm. history now, a string of events where bad actors are not afraid to act horrifically. And that should be alarming to everybody, um, especially in light of what we're talking about here. This obviously is so horrific on so many levels. All of these situations are, but that pattern and that lack of international and, you know, maybe even national on our level leadership, at least there is a projection of, I think, a weakness that we need to address and that we need to be hearing from leaders across the world on this, I think, in a far more loud and boisterous way than we've heard so yeah. far. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's it's other, you know, evil countries and evil leaders mm-hmm. are watching this sort of... You think of China. I mean, they have to be licking their chops right now. Uh, you know, yeah. they've, they've been doing all these war games. They've been doing all this positioning around, you know, Taiwan. What's going to happen there? What is going to happen there? Because clearly we're showing right now, like you said, Billy, a very putting on a weak front, whether that's actually the case behind the scenes or not. It's hard to say, but at least from a public standpoint, it's certainly being put out as it's being received as weakness um, by other countries. And so they're watching and they're taking notes and they're going to see what they can get away with. And unless... Somebody stands up and starts speaking out. And if you can't call this evil and stand firm on this, then what are you going to stand up against? So definitely, as we said yesterday, continued prayers for everyone in in Israel and anyone who has uh, people in Israel that your relatives, loved ones, whatever, just be praying, be praying. But we're going to go into the main thing now. And 
Jeff Kinley, as Billy was saying earlier, he is a prophecy expert, and he believes the war in Israel is further evidence that we are potentially living in the last days. It's hard not to see stuff like this happening and, and have thoughts on that front. Kinley talked to Billy to discuss prophecy and Hamas's attack on Israel. That's today's main thing. Jeff Kinley, you were one of the first names I thought of over the weekend when this invasion uh, from Hamas into Israel unfolded for a variety of reasons. What has been going through your mind since seeing the news on Saturday morning? Well, I just say this, we were scheduled to fly into Tel Aviv and, and right this moment that you and I are speaking. And so that, that was the first thing on my mind is that, well, uh, God's timing and, and just protecting us uh, from getting there. But um, I think to me, Billy, it's really just confirmation that we're living in the last days. I mean, the Bible prophesies so much about Israel, conflict in Israel, wars and rumors of wars that are going to take place, earthquakes that are happening right now. All these things that are happening are the precursors, I believe, to the actual end times events that we see in, in Revelation uh, chapter 6 or 18. So in my mind, it's just more confirmation uh, that we're living in very volatile times, but times that are very prophetic as well. What do you say to those who they watch these events and they say, oh, well, there's always conflict. There's always things going on. You know, this has nothing to do with the end times. They just sort of not that not that this definitively does, you know, but they just sort of dismiss it outright. What do you say to those people? Well, I'll just say this, that all the events in the past 2000 years have been in the context where there hasn't been a nation Israel. And now that there is a nation, they're in the land. Uh, there's been nothing but conflict since then because uh, Satan and those surrounding nations do not want them to occupy the land that God promised uh, to Abraham. And so there, there's been constant conflict. I mean, Satan is very territorial and, and God promised that land to, uh, to Abraham. And so I think that's one of the things that really is a telltale sign. It's like this, Billy. I, I say that when your check engine light comes on in your car, you really need to pay attention to that. Well, God's flashing the check engine light on history and on the nations right now, and particularly Israel. So we do need to pay attention to it. Yeah. And, you know, we can't get into every event, but there, there's such a complex history. But there are a couple of bookend events in recent history. And you just sort of mentioned one of them is distant history. It's A.D. 70 and the siege of Jer Jerusalem. And this is when Rome came in. Um, let's let's talk about that event in 70 A.D. because it was a really defining event for Jerusalem and for the Jewish people. Can you take us through what happened in the year 70? Yeah, basically, Rome sent the general General Titus uh, into Jerusalem. He laid siege to Jerusalem for many months, eventually conquering uh, Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. He, he burned the, the temple, as Jesus uh, declared in Matthew 24. Not one stone was left upon another. You can go there today and see the remnants of that. Uh, but that basically caused the Jews to... Um, uh, to be expelled from that area. There were about 10,000 that were slaughtered immediately right there on the spot. And then in 135 AD, all the Jews were basically banned and banished from the land. So it was a very significant event, Billy, because what that did was that ended up dovetailing into 2,000 years of history of the Jews being scattered to some 70 nations all across the world. So the fact that the Jews would come back to their land after 20 centuries being scattered to 70 nations is really the miracle on the Mediterranean, as it's been called. And no other people group has ever done that in history. And yet it happened to the Jews just as God predicted. And it happened not all that long ago. We go to this other bookend event. You know, I mentioned there were two. We talked about 70. You know, jumping ahead to 1948, 
when Israel comes back on the map. And this was a monumental event. Talk a little bit about the significance of this. You just spoke to it a little bit, but you know there were a lot of people waiting for this event. Some thought it would never happen, and yet yeah. 1948. Yeah, well, God had predicted this uh, several times. In fact, it's been said that every Old Testament prophet besides Jonah in some way predicts the regathering of the Jews uh, back to the Holy Land. The reason why this is so significant is as we look to the end times prophecies that in the book of Revelation and Daniel, even in the Second Thessalonians and Paul and First John with the Antichrist, none of these prophecies can really take place unless Israel's in the land. So you sort of have a, you know, a step one and a step two. Well, step one has to be Israel uh, being a nation again. And then step two can happen, which is all the end times prophecies. So the precursor for these prophecies happening is the Jewish people being back in the land. And up to half of the Jews in the whole world now are back into uh, Israel. Again, that's just a, a supernatural gathering together that simply cannot be denied. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit more and a little bit about that because, you know, again, a lot of time passed in between there, and there were probably times that people thought, huh, how can any of this possibly happen? Because it's not making any sense. The events aren't lining up, and yet here we are where the events are now lined up. But but talking about the Old Testament in particular, uh, when it comes to 1948, you mentioned lots of conversation and prophecy in the Old Testament. What do you find to be the most compelling and interesting prophecy there in the Old Testament when it comes to that regathering of Israel? Well, it's just the fact that that the Jewish people had a relationship with God, the nation of Israel rather, and God told them, if you obey me, then I'll protect you, everything will be fine. But if you disobey me, I will scatter you to the nations. So once again, we have the apologetic or the credibility of the Word of God. I mean, everything God has said about the the Jewish people in the Old Testament uh, will come true and has come true, including this regathering. Another thing that he says, though, in in the Old Testament is that first they're regathered physically as a nation, but then they're going to be awakened or born again, if you will, uh, spiritually as well uh, at the end of the tribulation period. I love what the book of Isaiah says in, in Isaiah chapter uh, chapter 66 and verse 8 says, Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Can a nation be born uh, in a day? Uh, can a nation be brought forth all at once? And of course, in one day, May 14, 1948, it all came together. So it really ought to cause us in a day, Billy, when none of us are really wowed or amazed at anything. This should amaze us that these ancient prophecies have come true in modern times and we can watch it in real time happening. But, you know, Ezekiel, I want to read Ezekiel 36, 24, because I I find this really compelling. It says, you know, for I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. And you you read scriptures like that written thousands of years before 1948. Now, there may be some people who say, no, 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 that's referring to something else. Another event that already happened. Is there any other event that that could be referring to? No, there's there's literally nothing. And you can trace through all of history in the past 2,000 years since the Jews were expelled from the land, and we can't find anything in history that even remotely comes close. Now, there was in the 19th century uh, the Zionist movement that began sort of a gradual trickle back into the land, but the land was just unproductive. It was full of malaria and, and weeds, and there were no trees in the land because trees were, were taxed. And so it was just a desolate place. But in the grand sovereignty of, of the way that God does things, God used the Holocaust 
and to create really a sympathy worldwide for the Jewish people. And that contributed to her being able to be declared a state once again on May 14th, 1948. So you really can't find anything else, but May 14th really becomes that birthday, if you will, the modern birthday of the nation. All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation there. Really interesting stuff. And look, we're going to continue to cover what's going on in Israel over at CBN News, faithwire.com, our, our bureau there in Jerusalem, Chris Mitchell and his team will have the very latest. So stay tuned to that, the CBN News YouTube channel as well. Um, but you were on this, especially you're going to want to get your news from a Christian perspective, as Billy was alluding to earlier, all the things that are at play here that the mainstream media is not going to acknowledge. They just won't. So I uh, appreciate that conversation there and breaking down that aspect of it. Uh, we're going to have time here on the podcast for one last thing. Yeah, you know, I think in light of everything going on with Israel, it's important to be prayerful as as believers. And I think Psalm 91, really the whole, that whole chapter is really good for, for giving us handles on how to pray. But verses one and two says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially when you think about Israel being under attack right now, yeah. those words definitely carry a little bit of extra weight. Yeah, that, that you know, refuge and trust, those two things that when life hits, hits you hard, you got to rely on those things. All right, it's a good spot to leave it on the podcast today. Thank you all for being here, as always. We very much appreciate it. Don't forget to, to subscribe if you haven't. We'd love to have you here each and every weekday morning, bright and early as we get through the news of the cray lord willing in that creek don't rise we shall be back tomorrow with more god bless we'll see you then